0: episode number one a conversation with dino petrocelli
1: dino thanks for having us come by today i'm glad you came by i like showing the studio off and talking about what i've done over the years so it's really cool for me and people that are curious what i do
0: i didn't realize how long you had been doing all this and then you posted something on
1: facebook a couple of years ago about concert photography the concert photography is what got me into, into what I do. You know, at the ripe age of I don't know, 16, my father gave me a camera for Christmas, and, you know, it was just one of these little, little X-15 um, Kodak flashbulb cameras. You know, it's a, it takes a cartridge film back. It's pretty funny, actually, looking at this thing. But anyways, I, I my first concert was uh, Santana, and I took the camera, right. I'm taking all these pictures. I'm like eight, eight or nine rows back, so I was all excited because I took all these pictures. And it's man, I can't wait to see them come back, right? And so when the pictures came back, if if you're a photographer and you really know about it, you know what happens when you use one of these flash bulbs in a dark area. I had like three rows of really white bright heads and the stage was just like orange and, and could hardly make out what it was and it, I got pissed off and said this sucks you know so uh, you know I was pictured to my mother about it saying "Man, I really want to take better pictures at these concerts and she, and she was working with a woman for the state the two of them worked together and this woman had actually shot you know uh, a photo pass for uh, the Rolling stones i can 't remember I think it was at Madison Square Garden, so she took me out and she bought me my first real thirty five millimeter This is kind of like it um, but uh, you know film camera back opens, you know people don't know it's where the film goes anyways, um, we went out and we got this and started taking pictures with this, and I was flabbergasted on you know how it all worked It was just amazing how i I, you know if you understand the process of which i still really don't but i know how it works when you have film the silver highlights, you know when you when you when the shutter opens all the all the little particles go to their destination on the film that see the light so all's i can all's i can imagine in my brain is all these, all these little things running from corner to corner to get in a perspective spot, saying, I'm light, I'm dark, I'm going here, I'm here, I'm medium. And then you get an image. And it's like, damn, how the hell does that work? Anyways, um, I, I just thought the process was cool how you snapped the shutter and you, stood, you, you, you froze time forever. And to this day, I still love doing that. Um, but I got into processing my own film so uh, if you've ever processed film black and white it, 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 they they really mean follow the temperatures because I you know the, the 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 final fix bath was done everything looked great and I had to wash it so I put it in a wash bath and the water was too warm right so I washed it for whatever 20 minutes or whatever take the film out the images on the film were unbelievable right so uh, I take my squeegee, and I squeegee the film, and <laughs> what happened? All the emotion came off with the squeegee. So now I'm stuck looking at a blank roll like there was nothing ever on it. So my first lesson on proper temperatures when you're, when you're mixing. But, you know, moved on from there and uh, just started going to concerts, and that was really, if I, if I was able to have my choice in life to do what I really want to do would have been um, being a concert photographer, shooting the brochures and traveling with the bands. And, Cause that's what got me into this. And that's what I, and I still, I still love to do it. But at 61, it's just to, to try to fight the crowds and the people and I, that was over that probably many years ago, but I see kids doing it now, kids, you know, guys, whatever and they don't realize, now I sound like the old time photographer, but you know, we had to switch film 36 exposures. You know, we had to make sure that we we're on, you know, am I shooting 400? Am I shooting 200? What roll of film should I put in? Should I shoot Kodachrome 64? Should I shoot Kodachrome 200? Cause 200 can push to 400. Now it's just, it's dark. Let's raise the ISO. <laughs> you can go to 16, I mean, there was no color, 1,600 ISO or, you know, whatever. I mean, you can go as high as you want with these cameras now, and it's just unbelievable. So they have a real good advantage to shooting, like, a show like that because you really get, you know, you get three songs. So you got to, you know, I'm pounding out four or five rolls of film in three songs. Now you can, you know, and I'm getting a couple hundred images. Now you can get a couple thousand images in three songs. And, um you go home and you edit. You don't spend another two hundred dollars on processing, which you know I'm not getting paid for these things. I'm just doing it myself. Even when I, even when I later on when I was able to get photo passes, it, it was, it was wasn't for big money. There was never any big money. Even shooting local bands. There, it, till this day, I still shoot bands, and there's still no money in it. It's very the bands don't bands just don't have the money. But a really good story with this with this thirty five millimeter. When I first started, I think I was maybe seventeen, and it's when Kiss had the double. Remember the Kiss double live, like in the 76, 77? when Kiss was so big, it was you you know, it was impossible to get to see him. We got tickets, and me and a friend of mine went. And we we snuck my camera in. I had a two hundred millimeter. We snuck the camera in. Um, how they didn't find it, I have no idea, but we got, we snuck, snuck our way up to the front right on the railing. So I'm stuck on the railing and my main, my main, um, objective at this show was to get Gene Simmons, you know, blowing the flame, which is like iconic, right? At least back in the day. So I'm up there, I'm shooting. I got thousands of kids cause I'm on the railing and I got these, the whole, the whole audience is, you know, just pouncing on top of us and I'm taking pictures, taking pictures. So it was a camera just like this, but a long lens. And, you know, I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I'm shooting, all of a sudden it stops. And I said, shit, I gotta reload the film, right? So, you know, 35 millimeter, you gotta push now you gotta mind you gotta remember, I'm I'm stuck on the rail. I'm 17, I'm new at this. It's a newer camera, so now I have to change the roll of film. So I have to push the button in, and that's gotta, not the auto wind or the batteries. No, no, you no motor drive. drive. By hand, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm like this, you know, winding it, I'm trying to go fast because now I see Gene Simmons walk off the stage, which I know <laughs> he's going to get the torch, right? So I'm I'm going like a madman to try to try to wind the film. So I got to open it up. I got to take the film out. Now again thousands of people pushing against me. I gotta take the roll of film, I gotta stick it in my pocket without dropping it. I gotta dig into my pocket down here, get another roll that's already open because I knew this would happen. Put the roll in, get it over to the point to where I make sure it's loaded correctly to where I don't shoot 36 blanks. So I have to get it in there, I close the back up, I, I advance it to the first frame, I crank this a little bit to make sure it's tight i lift the camera up i focus he walks out with the flame just as i focused he blew the flame i talked uh, shot the shot nice and i, I had that picture show you that picture right now and this is the picture that i got of kiss blowing the flame 1977. on 35 millimeter 35 millimeter film nice yeah yeah i was sweating like a I was sweating like a dog on that I mean obviously there's a little bit of motion in there there's a little you know but again uh, it doesn't matter it's a 200 millimeter lens Uh, I'm sweating my ass off I you know I was rushing to get it I saw him walking out I'm I'm lucky I got it that sharp but you know if I had a um, if I had a Canon R6 at the time it would have locked right I would have had nothing to worry about (laughs) nothing to worry about but um, so yeah, we got that shot, and then you know, what I what I did, you know, um, backing up a little bit before that, um, when I started going to see the bands, uh, I saw ZZ Top at the Palace, and I had the most awesome pictures. I mean, they were actually um, they were actually coming right in front of me and actually playing the guitar and pointing the guitar at me. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you know what I love the the most though is when I sent the film out to be processed, I never got it back. It was E6 film. Either somebody at the lab, you know, fell in love with them and kept them or got lost in the mail. So that um, got me into processing my own E6 film, which is slide film with people out there that have been doing this a while know what that is. So I just so that's when I started processing my own e6 film I started processing my own color film um, I started making my own color 8x ten prints and what I would do is I was in uh, senior in high school I'd go see a band and I'd go uh, I'd go on a Friday night and the band back in the day would play two nights in the same bar so I'd go shoot all these pictures on a Friday night and then the next that the next day I would spend the day in my, in my house, uh, my apartment in my closet, um, processing negatives and making eight by tens. Then, then I'd go to the bar the next day and I'd have all the eight by 10 prints laid out on the, on the, on a table. And as the band members walk in, they see the pictures and they start saying, wow, where'd you get these pictures? I said, oh, I, I processed my own film. I was here last night. You know, you guys want to you know, you guys do for sale if you wanna buy any. So they start buying them and, and lo and behold, that's when I started making a, making a dollar with the camera. And, and, you know, from that point on, things just started snowballing. Um, you know, my parents, uh, uh, they pushed, my father really wanted me to go into the service. I really didn't want to, but um, I, it, to make him happy and to keep the peace in the family, I, I, I joined the Navy. And I did my time in the Navy. Um, I did uh, three years, three years uh, in a fighter squadron working on F-14s, which I wouldn't trade that for the world. It was a really good experience. And uh, even in the Navy, I took all my all my darkroom equipment and made a makeshift uh, uh, darkroom in my bedroom. And we'd down there, we'd go see shows, and I. Do the same thing come back and spend the next day if i had it off processing processing film in my in my house and my navy buddies couldn't believe that you know it's because back then you know there's no one hour photos it was just you know you had to wait a week and the, the week the week wait was 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 heart-wrenching because you didn't know what you had you know so half
0: the time i get it back and there's like one out of 24
1: that i and like you know, I mean, the, the the whole thing about the digital age is, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, you learn as you shoot. It's like on the job training, you take a picture, you look at it, it's bad. You can fix it right there in the spot, you know, back in the eighties before all this was around, you took the picture and you sent it out and you had to wait a week to make your corrections, you know, and, um, I mean, or or if you were shooting a, there was a process called E six, like I just discussed uh, earlier. I didn't always process that f- kind of film because that was very intricate. But, you know, same thing. There were labs around that could process that E six in four hours, and that was that was awesome because you know if you're working on a commercial shoot and you're shooting, you have a big setup and you want to see the results right away, so you could take the setup down and move on to the next. You would go get the film processed, and in four hours, you'd have it you'd have it back, and you know. Um, be able to move on to the next project. Um, You know, so through the years, I mean, I I did my Navy time. I did, um, it it was, you know, it was was a great experience. Um, I worked on a flight deck uh, of an aircraft carrier with F-14s. I had the chance to meet the the president and uh, President Carter and his wife. Got two pictures in the studio here, signed and uh, framed and an actual... uh, letter from the white house about me asking them to sign a copy for me. I gave them a copy and, you know, in the letter, it's not from them personally, but it's from their personal secretary that saying that they were happy to sign them. They love the pictures and you know, um, you know, so that, that's a nice, that's a nice thing to have. So, um, you know, I get out of the service. I, my parents opened up a deli. I worked in the deli for seven years. Through those seven years, I've been playing with photography. My father hated the fact that I was, you know, devoting time to do that. Ironically, he bought me my first camera, which is quite funny. Um, Unfortunately, you know, he passed at age 62 um, before I really started making a name for myself. So he didn't get the chance to see that, you know, because you always tell my friend, you know, we got a beautiful sub shop here. We make a lot of money. He wants to do this photography. He ain't going to make it. He ain't, he ain't going to make any money with that photography. He should devote all his time here and I'm uh, saying this is not what I want to do. You know, the a really really funny story is he's trying to get me a um you know, the I worked with him I'm going back and forth here, but I worked with him for all these years. Then I I leave because I want to pursue my I want to pursue my photography. So I get a job at a camera store to be involved in, in, working with cameras and selling cameras and, you know, so I I did that for a while, and then one day the the, uh, the owners came in. They sent the they sent these suited guys in. They shut the door and I said, "What's going on?" I was the manager at the time, and he says, ah, we're, we're closing your store down. You're done." They came in. They started loading boxes up with all the merchandise and. From that day on, I was out of a job, just and, like that Yes, yeah, just no warning, no nothing. Because if they warned you, then you're going to probably take what you want and get the hell out of there, and you know so it was, it was like just they're in, pack up, and they're out. They lock the gate, nobody's back in, so uh so now I'm out of a job, <clears throat> and uh I'm putting my resume all over the place. You know, my father knew a, you know, my father had drove a CDTA bus for a while. And uh, so he knew some people higher up in the, in the bus terminal. So uh, now my whole life I did everything my father wanted me to, to keep the peace. It's just the way he was. And I didn't just, just wanted to keep the peace. So uh, the, the day that, um, you know, so he's trying to get me into driving the bus. So it's good benefits, it's good pay, you know. I still want to be a photographer, right? So I have my resume into all this all these photo studios, and my father has, he's talking to the CDTA. So um, I get a letter from a from a photo studio, Metroland Photo, great, great guy, my buddy Mike, still still good friends with him. He calls me up and says, Hey, I got your resume, I'd like to give you an interview. And so I went in, I interviewed. And, you know, a couple days later he offered me the job. That same day, my father called me and says, hey, I got you a job at CDTA. I'd say, he goes, you got a. it's a great job. You're gonna do benefits. You know, it's, 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 uh, you know, you'll, it's, it, it's perfect. So now I'm thinking, okay, my whole life I've done what you wanted. I went in the service, I played the trumpet, I did this, I did that. I said, all I could think of in my brain was Ralph Cramden. I said, I'm not going to be 50, 60 years old sitting behind the wheel of a bus wishing that I was a photographer. So I said, thanks, but no thanks. So I took the job with the Metroland Photo. We became friends. That's my commercial you know, photography. I started learning that, started learning how to shoot weddings. I worked with him for a couple of years. He had to lay me off because things got really tight and really slow. Worked for another photographer. Um, Bill DeMichael, who was a big tattoo, um, photographer, has a book, book out called, uh, Women in Tattoos, really good book. It's all, just all women in tattoos. Worked with him for a year. And then, um, I'd always have to bring this film to this photo lab called Boakland Custom Visuals. It was the biggest lab in the area back in the eighties. And, you know, I heard that they were looking for a sales rep. So I said that would be a really good place to meet tons of photographers and really be in the mix. So I applied there. They gave me the job. Worked there for nine years, and through those nine years, just made connections, talked to people, and in, those, in that turn, in that in that time, I'm building my own commercial business, working out of my basement. Um, I had no studio, but I was I made I made anything work and um so working at the photo lab you know now my I'm, I'm i'm able to push my 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 personal self and i stood, the weddings i had started shooting weddings probably 5 or 6 years before the photo lab but now at the photo lab now i'm meeting meeting more people so my wedding business starting to take off so <clears throat> i'm going to tie this little story into my working in my basement to show you that you don't need a big studio like this to make something work. So my wife was a avid fan of a of a um, a soap opera called As the World Turns. She got me kind of addicted to it. I remember that one. You remember that one? Yeah. yeah. And so we're watching it and we watched this one new this new person come on and it's wow, she's she's really nice, cute, you know. We are watching, and then one day my wife's reading the Soap Opera Weekly magazine and sees that the, this newbie that we were just talking about that we thought was cute and looked good and had a great part, and she's getting married, and she's from Voorheesville. So what I did was, okay, let's see. She's in Voorheesville. We know her name. So what I did was I just, I went through the phone book, and I called every name in the phone book that had that name and I asked the person that answered, is this the is this the residence that has the daughter on As the World Turns? And you know, most of them are saying no. And then this one lady says, Yes, you know, like kind of skeptical. Am I a weirdo? Am I a stalker? Probably not the first caller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. So uh I go, Well, listen, I'm not a stalker or anything. We my wife and I are big fans of the show. I see that your daughter's getting married. If I send you some information, can you can you forward to her and maybe I can get an interview and maybe shoot her wedding? So she goes, sure, send me information. So, so uh, that was around October, didn't hear anything. And then I knew she was gonna be home for a break, you know, around the Christmas break. And I said, if I don't hear from her now, I'm, I'm not gonna hear from her. So lo and behold, she, she called me up and we interviewed. She, and I'm not still, a, I don't have a studio. We met at my kitchen table, just showed her some albums. She loved my personality. She liked everything that I showed her, everything that we talked about. Two days later, she called me up and said she wants me to shoot the, shoot the wedding. And I'm only doing weddings for like five years. I'm so new at it. And she was getting letters from everybody all over the country who, who knew her. Because she had, had one Best Soap Actress of the Year. So she, her name was big. And um, so she goes, I, we want to do an engagement picture in the studio. I said, well, I don't really have a studio. I said, if you don't mind going down to my dirt floor basement with my crumbling concrete walls, I have a little makeshift studio down in the basement. I said, would you be willing to do it there? She goes, if you can make it work, then I'm good with that. So I got this other picture here I'll show you. And this is just to show you that you don't need a big, huge studio space like this. So this was, this was done in my basement. Nice. You know, the ceiling is literally another foot above her head. <laughs> I had them sitting on milk crates. And I said, just love each other. Do what you do. Just, and, you know, this is one out of many that I took, but just to show that she, had, the- she had no issue being in the basement. She said, as long as it works uh you know let's just do it and you know i shot the wedding the wedding t- t- turned out great um even though i had cameras breaking you know breaking down on a wedding and thank god i had a my assistant that was with me was he was a camera repair guy that worked on the cameras that were breaking and he got it working and uh you know she didn't know that story until later on you know i was telling her but but yeah and then you know that wedding you know my deal with her was I give you a, I give you the best price I can possibly give you but I want to be able to advertise that I did your wedding so I did a, a wedding show in one of the malls and had a bunch of her pictures hanging up along with a bunch of others and you know I could hear people yelling halfway down the hallway I think look who look who's on the pictures down there and they came running up and nice. you know I started shooting weddings you know that's how my wedding career really started taking off and um that was the break. That that was a that was a that was a big break. Yeah. And um, you know, so I I just stayed at the lab for nine years and um, just kept building my business. And you know, uh, I got a phone call. Uh, well, first at the lab, the lab called me in when I had my when I had junior. The day he was born or the week he was born they called me into the into the office at the photo lab after nine and a half years and says you know things are really slow we gotta let you go i said wow that's great just had a baby and you know my career is taken off but it's not taken off you know i'm not making the money to i was in there i was working there part-time building my business you know i and in the in the course of that time i had put a like a a little studio behind my, like a garage that I turned into a studio behind my house. So I was able to expand. But I told, uh, you know, I, I told my wife, I said, I'm not going to, I'm not, we're not going to go get a, uh, uh, a daycare and then the money I would make at another job pay daycare. So I'm going to make this, this, it's now or never to make this photography work. So we agreed. So um, she was working for the state at the time. So um, me and my assistant are, you know, I'm doing small commercial jobs just to keep the money flow going. Um, but when the caller IDs were big, my phone rang in the studio behind my house and on the phone, the caller ID said, Orange County Choppers. And I said, my eyes lit up and it says, this could be big. So I answered the phone, and lo and behold, because uh, at the, at that time, I had started shooting for uh, some of the magazines, uh, some of the motorcycle magazines. Okay, so you were already shooting bikes. Yeah, I already. Okay. Yeah, it, it's I'm fast forwarding, and there's so much I've done, I just I, I I forget. You know that. How
0: long have you been shooting bikes when Orange County Choppers called you? At that
1: time. Um, it happened when I was working at the lab because one of the girls I worked with her her, her boyfriend, uh, worked at a company local company called Biker's Choice. and they, their main shooting studio was in Texas. so they, but they needed they had a supplement and their their main one of their main warehouses, off-site houses was, was here in uh, Gilderland. So the, the, the kid that worked there, asked his girlfriend, hey, you know that guy you work with that that takes the pictures, do you think he could do some motorcycle parts? And she asked me, I said, yeah, let's let's do it. So that, you know, that was my introduction. And luckily I had the studio behind my house because now I can work in, you know, in, in like a studio. Had a white floor, a little psych wall and the whole nine yards. So I did, uh, so I started shooting her parts and then they said, hey, we got this, we got this bike we want to get shot that. You know, back then they had these things called rolling chassis where you would buy a frame, the wheels, the everything that would make the bike run, except the motor. So we got we got this rolling chassis. We want it shot. We want to put it in the magazine, you know, as you know, as a sale to show that we sell these things. I said, yeah, we can do that. So we did it. And then they also brought me a custom bike that was already finished from the rolling chassis with you know you get the rolling chassis you can you can make it look like this with paint and all of that so i take the um i take the picture of the bike and i said wow this is really cool i wasn't even riding motorcycles then and i said this is really neat so then then i saw you know i saw the ad in the magazine it was cool because now i'm starting to see my work published um so uh so after that the Orange County Chopper guys called up that magazine to find out um, who took the pictures because they wanted to do the same thing. So they said, well, this guy up in Albany took the pictures for the the ad, so that's how they got my name. They called me up to said, hey, we got these rolling chassis that we want to put on the back cover of the magazines. Would you, you know, you want to come down and talk about it and we can maybe do some business and, Lo and behold, I went down and, you know, they showed me what they wanted to do. And I went down with all my lights and and did a make a makeshift studio set up down there and shot the rolling chassis. They loved it. And, you know, that's where my, pretty much my motorcycle career and, you know, magazine career started, was right there. And, um, you know, Discovery Channel saw... Asked Orange County, we want to start putting your motorcycles on our websites. Who's doing your photography? And this Discovery Channel calls me and says, every bike they do, we want you to go down there and we want you to shoot over the, cameras, the camera guy's shoulders and record what's, what's happening. So for every bike they did for three years, um, I, was right, I was right on their shoulders shooting every, every bike. I have such a collection of Orange County bikes, you know. Back in the day when they were big, they were it was it was big, and the the one bike they did was a POW, uh, Mia bike. They brought it to my studio. The magazine wanted it for their cover, and so the Discovery Channel came up with the with the bike and filmed the whole thing of me shooting the bike for an episode. And so not only did I get the cover of that, but I also got. 15 minutes on national TV of me shooting motorcycle. And from that point on, I've been, you know, known all over the country for shooting motorcycles, which is awesome. I never thought in a million years I'd be shooting motorcycles. You know, I, thought I'd, I thought I would have one one day and, and ride them, but not to the extent that I did. You know, now I'm like, my name became very well known in the motorcycle industry. I was in, you know, I've had four covers in one month. I've, I have over 100 covers, um, a hundred yeah. 100 magazine magazine covers, a hundred motorcycle magazine covers, and I'm just not unknown. That these are all national. I mean, like to the fashion world, it would be like a Vogue, nice, you know, like Easy Rider, the American Iron, Hot Bike, you know. I mean, over a hundred easily, and I can't even tell you how many features not on the covers you know probably three or four hundred so it's it was a good run magazines are all with the digital age magazines have all since folded or moved on you know the magazine easy riders that was that was started in the early 70s um they they folded like last a year and a half ago two years ago american iron was the last standing one they they held out for quite a while and they just folded uh probably less than a year ago. So, I mean, on average I was shooting 40, you know, maybe 50, 60 bikes a year for magazines. And now I might be doing 10 or 15 for cust- just customers. I want their bike shot. I still love doing it and I, you know, it's, I have the space to do it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a, it was a fun run. It was a lot of fun
0: that sparked the uh, interest in having that bike week that you do here, the big event?
1: Yeah, once a, yeah. Yeah, once a week. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, uh, it, even as it was dying out, um, you know, I, I did these runs maybe 10, 10 years ago called the uh, We Care Ride. Me and four or three other people were involved in it. And, you know, usually when you have a run, it takes time to get it together. You know, it takes years to, to, get, a, to get a following. But the first year we did it, we had probably 800 people in the the bike run, which was phenomenal. And we did that for 10 years. We raised thousands and thousands of dollars for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. And we would donate the money to the the cause. The first year we donated all the money to the cause. The second year, I didn't like not knowing where the money went. So the second year we donated half to the cause and we picked a family for the other half. So the second you were able to give an actual family that was in need of the money, seven thousand dollars. So that was that was a good feeling. Nice. Um, so so then you know through the years, you know I you know it, riding bikes and doing this, I always saw these, I always go to these bike nights, and the bike nights was like maybe fifty sixty people. You know you go you hang out a little bit maybe a little music would be playing or whatever. I said and they'd have them every other every every third Wednesday. Or every Wednesday, or whatever. I said, I think I want to do one bike night a year, and I what, you know it's 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 there's no rain date. It, it's got to work and period. So the first one I did, uh, you couldn't move out here. There was probably four hundred, four hundred five hundred people. The whole studio was filled. I had an indoor custom bike show, and it was just it was phenomenal. It was you know it was. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's really funny because there's so many people that come, I don't even know. They just, they they either follow me or hear or whatever. I mean, like on Facebook, I got tons of tons of friends on Facebook. I, I don't know who a lot of them are, but I like to make, I'd like to invite everybody in so they can see what I'm doing, which is why I do these bike events outside so people can come and, check the space out because not only do i work here i like to rent this space out too you know it helps helps with my my monthly fees of paying for this place um but yeah i mean you know and then you know I, the, the, I'm, I'm still doing bikes when i built this place i i i did a wedding for uh the owner's daughter of hemmings magazine they have four or five different they got like a classic magazine uh uh Hot rod magazine uh, you know a couple other ones, and I told he, the I told the father who owned the magazine, I said, "Listen, I just built a new studio. Not sure how I can do a car if it will work, but why don't you bring one down and let me try?" And he goes, all right, I'll bring you a car." car came in, shot it, looked beautiful. guy loved it, and then that started me shooting the cars that I do. I got a company from Boston that when they, when they, it's called Factory 5 Racing, when they build a car, they bring the car to me to have me shoot it because they, they're kick cars. So they want to show, they may you know, bring the frame down, I'll shoot the frame, and then they, then they build the car and then they bring the car to me. And then I shoot the car and then they put it in their brochures. Same with there's two other big car companies in this area. Uh, Varilla Motorsports is huge. Does all these custom uh, Corvettes you know rebuilds and and uh services the Corvettes and another guy Chris Mackey who does a lot of uh Mustang cars and you know they're you know they every time they bring their stuff to me to to have me sh- to have me shoot it which is great I love that's the stuff I love doing you know I mean a weddings I'm doing 30 to 40 weddings a year a lot of people think that I'm I'm the motorcycle car guy that I'm not doing weddings anymore but I'm still you know, I've been doing weddings for 35 years, and I think I do a, I think I do a great job, and I'm still, I'm still at it. And my son now is my second shooter, which is, which is really cool. And, you know, maybe in a few years, he might be taking the wedding business over, and I'll still stick to the commercial work. So it's been a long run. I mean, I'm, the, it's, uh, the cameras are ever-changing. I got into drone flying. You know, I, I'm using a Mavic Pro 2 now and this this has this was a game changer for me in the past year um, i i i can't do i can't get enough of it i'd love taking this thing out and i use it i use it commercially i got my license and you know you need overhead real estate stuff done i we did a huge uh, a huge generator generator turbine removal up at some big power plant we flew the drone in there and they, they couldn't believe the the imagery that I got because they said, We we've never had angles like this before. This is awesome. You know. You, you had to document the removal of a generator turbine and a power plant? Yeah, they wanted pictures of the whole process of yeah. what happened. So they they use it for their their um educational, you know, to show people this is what happens when we take a when we take a generator out or a a gas turbine or whatever. That's a big deal. That's huge. Yeah. Huge. Huge. You know, and the cool thing about the drone is I can get the drone to where we can't get because of safety reasons. But the drone, it's not bothering anybody as long as I keep my distance and so on. But, you know, um, I can't go out to that spot, but this can. Plus overhead shots are phenomenal but they're inside working where you can see from the top down but you can't see from the sides so i fly it up and i got to be very careful and i got to be intricate on where i'm going because there's a lot of sensors on these and you got to know how to maneuver around and up and over ducks and all that stuff so you know i worked out that that shoot worked out really good so this is this was a this was a uh like a boost in my in re reinventing and re you know uh re-energizing my my system with this thing so it's kind of fun
0: i'm doing my best to stay out of it but those are real tempting a lot of my friends are flying those around is that the one you used to do that shoot for that car dealership yeah earlier
1: this year yeah, yeah that yeah. came out great came, it, yeah the quality of the thing mm. it's just uh it's amazing i mean i I'm floored on it. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, uh, you can't make a 40 by 50, but you can make some good quality prints with this. I've had them made on, especially on metal prints, and uh, stuff looks awesome. Looks awesome. And how many megapixels you got in there? I believe that camera is a 20 megapixel. That'll do it. But the sensor's not huge, so you know you have a little bit of you know uh, limitations there. But uh, you know you. you Unless you're gonna look at it with a microscope or blow it up to you know building size, billboard size, you're gonna you'll see it. But for everyday usage, yeah, I've I've had like I said, I had a couple of twenty by thirties on metal prints made, and they just phenomenal, phenomenal how nice it looks. But uh, just we're moving right along, just uh, staying busy, and you know, sixteen years in this space, you know th- those are those are my stepping stones. I was in my basement for. For 10 years i was behind my house for 10 years and then i've been here now for 16 years but the thrill of seeing your first real studio like the one behind my house was just you know i mean right right then is when i knew that this is my life this is there's nothing else that i want to do you know i a, a lot of people you know, they say, oh, your work, you, I've never seen anybody shoot as good as you or whatever. My, my, my thing is um, to stay humble because there's always somebody out there that can kick your ass, that will blow you away. I mean, you go on YouTube sometimes, and I look at some of the stuff that these guys half my age are doing. It's like, how in God's name do you do that? You know, I'm like the guy from Albany that does really good commercial work, really good straightforward work. I'm not a special effects guy. I'm not, I mean, even like the drone stuff, you see some of these guys out there, you know, doing these drones like for movies that are running these, these, these drones that it, it's amazing. Oh, it's just, crazy
0: like, what they're doing. And then they're color grading the footage so well afterwards. Yeah, yeah. That's just crazy what they're able to do with it's,
1: those. It is. It really blows my mind. I mean, totally it's a whole blows new, my mind. It's a whole new art form.
0: It really is. You know, it's unbelievable what they're doing. You know, what a lot of folks probably don't realize if they haven't been to your studio before is that you can pull a car right in here and you've got this, assuming we have the wide shot going on that camera, maybe you can see this gigantic softbox, which is probably the biggest softbox in upstate New York, right behind I us here. Love that thing. Probably. Right? And you
1: want to, I'll tell you a story about that box. So I'm thinking, okay, how hard can it be? It's just, it's, it's a frame with fabric, and you, the main part was the, the light that comes through it underneath. So I went to the hardware store and I bought all this PVC, and I bought these metal rods to go in the PVC so it had a little stability to it, which I really didn't need because I had it hanging by four, um, eight chains, four in the front, four in the back. And that was stationary, that's where it stayed. So I built the box. The hardest part was figuring out what to put on the bottom for the soft, for the light coming through it. So I got a, I got muslin material, bleach white. I said, this is probably gonna be perfect. So I, I put it up, took a shot of a reflective object, and it didn't work because all I'm seeing are big spotlights coming through the fabric. So Okay, so we gotta figure this out. So I know in these soft boxes they, they have a baffle. There's always a baffle. So there's a there's an extra layer of material between the actual main material and the light. The
0: inner layer of diffusion. Right.
1: So what I had to do is I went to Joanne Fabrics and I'm it was it was kinda funny because I'm going I went to the to the the material where they would use to make wedding dresses. And the only way I can make out if it would work or not is I would take the material, and if I could see my shadow of my hand, then I said, okay, that, that, the light's going to go through that. But the, the, the biggest thing was I, had a, I put it up to a spotlight. And if I couldn't see the round spotlight, but I could still see through it, then I knew that that was probably going to work. So I bought a big piece of that, but that only came in five width. Five, uh, width the width was only five feet. I could get it in any length. But all I all I needed was five foot because it was just a baffle. Right. So the box had four lights in it. So I so I put an inner layer baffle with the wedding dress material. Then I put the muslin over it. And I put that same reflective material out there and I started cracking up. I said, this is this is it. <laughs> this is this is it. Then I got my buddy to bring his bike down. We put the bike under there and I was just you know what it is about that light is it's the continuous, the continuous line that you get in the reflective object. There's no break. There's no hot soft box. There's no three soft boxes hanging over the top. It's one continuous, nice, beautiful line. The, you know, uh, the specular highlight is just phenomenal, and that, that, that's what I love. But the problem is I couldn't, I couldn't adjust it. So if i want the background, darker or lighter, I, I, had, a, I had a finagle. Something. All right, so what do I got to do? So I call a good buddy of mine, actually my, my printer, because he's very mechanically inclined and, and has ideas. I said, I, I need to fix this box so I can make a, so I can adjust it. So we came down, we, both, we were both discussing. So we figured, we took the chains off. And so we bought two winches. And we have the winches mounted into the, into the ceiling with a remote. And so when, one winch uh, adjusts the front and one winch adjusts the back so I can, and then it goes up and down. The hardest part about that was your pivot point because there's only one pivot point now. I mean, you got your main pivot point in the middle and then two cables that go to kind of support the edges a little bit. But that's just little support. The main support is in the middle. So what happened was when we did that, because I used PVC, even though I had metal rods in there, the PVC started. It started looking deformed, and it was flexing, and it just looked unsafe over a hundred thousand dollar car. So, I did a lot of work at the, uh, a lot of functions at the Modern Welding School. So those guys decided. I asked my buddy who's a, who's a uh, who's a professor up there, a teacher, and said. What do you what do you think about maybe you, your your school building me a box, you know, as a as a as a, an assignment? He goes, yeah, I I think we can do that. I think what all you really need to do is buy the material. I said, okay. So we used a one by one material, and it's almost like a rigging, like a stage rigging. Mm-hmm. Looks like stage rigging underneath all that fabric, and they used that. But he said to me, he goes, all the stuff that you've done for us were just we're donating this thing to you fully, I said nice. that's unbelievable. came in here solid as a rock, and the hardest thing was, like I said, getting that middle pivot point, so when you lift it up, it stays you know because now I have actually, I use bottles of oil up there to keep it you know it's like a like a scale. I got to move the oil bottle a little this way or a little that way to keep it to keep it level, you know so um but yeah, that box cost me well this when I built it. When I first built it with the PVC, it cost me 300 bucks. And then when I redid it with a modern welding, so it cost me nothing. It cost me a couple dollars for the material um, when I redid it. And the other thing that I had to do was uh, the, the, the upper layer was uh, that silver insulation board, but the silver was too, uh, the specular was too, too much. So I went in and spray painted it flat. Flat white, which which really, that was that was the ticket. You did the
0: whole inside white, yeah, Yeah. flat white. A lot of people rent the studio space just for that. There's nothing else that I can think of uh, around here where you've got a softbox that big, and it makes things so much easier. It's
1: really the only problem with that softbox is it's um, very flat. So if you want to do something, you know, with like a like a dramatic look or something, you can't use that box because it just throws light everywhere. So a lot of times when I'm doing some of my sports pictures with really like grungy type shots with hard light, that light's not on. I'll just use like side lights and back lights. That light is just too um, too soft, too too big, too too much light.
0: Uh, One thing I wanted to ask you aside from the gigantic softbox That works so good for the bikes and the cars and all that What advice would you give to (laughs) up-and-comers? Like okay, you got you got a 19 year old in front of you somebody junior's age, right? And they got some pretty good work They want to be a professional photographer what kind of advice would you give them like realistically like run
1: really fast in the opposite direction don't look back yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's harder than ever nowadays. anybody can be a photographer but not everybody can make money doing photography it's a especially nowadays since everybody's a photographer everybody thinks you can pick up a cell phone and be a photographer because you got a good You got the latest, you got the, you got the iPhone 12. It's a phone. It's not a camera. When people say my camera is unbelievable and they're showing me their phone, that is a phone. It's not a camera. You got, you got to be diligent. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep, uh, this is where the new generation's coming in and kind of like taking over. They can blow me away on the, on the post and the hashtags. You know, I got, I got 10,000 followers. Okay. But how much money did you make this week? That's the bottom line. I mean, people say, "Oh, you make you make great money shooting weddings," but to my peers, I'm I'm probably less expensive than a lot of them. I think I'm as good, if not better, than a lot of them. But the problem, what they have is they have the social media. I mean, they could be in their late 30s, early 40s, and their their followers are 10 times more than what I got. Um, you know, because they know how to do the. Do the hashtags and the and the the social media, but commercially it's totally different. You know, uh, half half the guys I know that are doing great doing with the weddings can't pull a car in their studio, can't pull a bike in their studio, or can't put you know fifty people in their studio and do a fifty person shoot. I can do that or maybe some of them don't even have a studio exactly i mean i there's a lot of my friends that i know that they meet people in like starbucks starbucks and and i'm not downing that that's not you know you do what you got to do uh but if you're just starting out in this business you gotta you gotta you, you gotta have something interesting something different something you know i mean my wife says it to me a lot of times you know why don't you do this because that's probably never been done and i look it up online, I'll just type in whatever dog jumping through a hula hoop on fire. And I guarantee you, you're going to get a thousand pictures of a dog jumping through a hula hoop on fire. No matter what you type in, it's been done. You got to figure, you got to, you got to find your way to make it different and to make it yours. You know, because again, uh, people will say, well, that's already been done. I said, I know it's been done, but I want to do it. I want to do it my way so you you me some of our other photo friends that we've gone out shooting we can go out and shoot the same thing but everybody has a different look a different way of shooting it whether it be the angle the lens the the exposure or whatever you just have to make it your own i kind of miss going out and and shooting shooting waterfalls i got a couple of friends that constantly go out and shoot in fact me you and i did a couple of shoots together and it's, once you get me out there, it's, it's like heaven. It's, you know, I, I totally enjoy it. I love it. I you know, I missed, I miss that part of it. But if you want to be a photographer and it's, you want this to be your living, then you have to work it. You have to, you have to give, you got to give your time. I mean, I've been doing this for 40 years, you know, back to the question of my advice to a photographer, I mean, to a, to a, to a youngster is, you know, find people that you can associate yourself with where you can, I mean, there's, there's been a few people that I've helped out that have come in and and worked with me and have met, have met some really good people through here and have gotten their business going. You need to be, you need to affiliate yourself with studios, not just one, but just work around, see how other people do it, see, you know, meet people, connections. It's, it's all about that. You can be the greatest photographer in the world. And if you don't, you know, one, you gotta have the backup. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to back up your words. And two, it helps to have, to know people, you know, to, to help you, the stepping stones. It's not easy. It's, it's definitely not easy. It's not easy now. I've been doing it for over 30 years and it's still not easy. You know, I gotta, you know, people come in my studio and say, oh, it must be great to have this place. It is great. I love it. But it's not great when the phone's not ringing and, and I'm not out working or, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, Wondering how I'm gonna pay the rent next month or whatever, but the studio's great. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times I've, I've looked around and was thinking about giving it up, and but I, it's just such an awesome space. I can't, I can I can't leave it. I can't live. I can't give it up. That's why I want my son to, you know, my goal is to have him become the main shooter and have him have a second shooter, and I can kind of lay back or I'll just go fly the drone and uh do my commercial work here, so the bottom line is surround yourself from you know surround yourself around good people never be don't over um don't be cocky about what you do. I know so many people that they're good, but they're very cocky about it and like I said earlier, you know there's somebody around the corner that's gonna that's gonna blow you away you know with the work that they do so always stay, you know, just stay true to yourself and, and be humble. Don't ever walk around like you're, you're it because you're really not. There's, there are so many photographers out there. It's, it's, it's not, you know, I mean, look at these sports photographers, uh, these Olympic photographers. I was watching a special on, you know, how these guys set up for, for the Olympics. It's, it's just mind blowing what you got to know. You can't just know. You, you, it's not just photography anymore. It's, it's, you know years ago you'd buy a camera with that camera would last you 20 years you know it was simple to use it was your f stop your shutter speed and your your asa back then you know now it's your iso but you know i mean back back in the day it was simple you know line up the line up the needle with the with the, the in the viewfinder to the to where your f stop is once the needle's lined up you take the shot and you got a good exposure and you know now it's just, there's just so much involved now.
0: As far as keeping busy, somebody was saying if you want to stay busy for the next five years as a professional photographer, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to get good in Photoshop with composites. Do something that someone cannot do with their phone. Do something that somebody can't copy without serious uh, skill level
1: I get the um, trying to do stuff that other people can't do on a phone Um, you said a word that I'm getting better with but I'm still not good with which is called composites because if you're gonna be a composite photoshop person there's a difference between photography and digital art and compositing is digital art i don't you know people may may disagree with me that i have many arguments with people but i mean i'm doing more composites now i actually just posted a shot the other day of a little boy in front of a you know in a superman outfit and i put him in front of a city 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 scene because it was cool i mean i I, i'm not saying i'm against it i'm getting better with it but i don't i'm not going to say that's a photograph because it's not it's a digital image once you lay layers on top of layers it now becomes a digital image it's not i don't believe it's an actual photograph because it's really not you didn't it's i don't know i mean people are going to hear me say this and You know you don't know what you're talking about it's photography it's photography but it's you know it's not you've taken i mean even some people will take um other scenes which i did you know through shutterstock and use that as my background how can you say that that's my photo image when it's only part you get what i'm saying
0: what i'm hearing you say is different people have different opinions about where the line is between photography and digital art exactly and composites might be some gray area stuck in the middle somewhere
1: i mean people say well you know you you take a picture of a car you put it on a you know you you digitize it and you make it you make a reflection in photoshop that's a composite no it's not a composite that's my actual photograph that i just flipped and i I uh turned the opacity down on the flipped part so it looks like a reflection. It's one image. It's just it, it's actually well it's one image with one extra layer for a reflection, but it's still a photograph, it's still my image. You know, when you look when you look at a when, it, when you look at an image that wins a a huge contest with huge dollars and you know, they're calling, you know, it's a calling for entries for the next year. And I look at the winner from the last year and it and it's like, and I'll never forget this, three cheetahs sitting on sitting in these mountaintops with these awesome clouds, with the sun rays coming through the clouds. I mean, it was like breathtaking. And then I'm reading about the image and it's like 12 different images. And... I don't think that should have won a photo contest. That should have won a digital imaging contest or a composite contest, but not a photo contest because it's not a photo.
0: Especially if all the photos aren't your own. Oh, that's that's even worse. I mean, well, I'll do that sometimes to get somewhere. Yeah, with exactly. Yeah. Sure, but I will
1: know. never say that this is my image. Just look at this image I took, you know. Um, and I don't lie about it. I may not be upfront about it and say, hey, you know, I put three images together for this one shot. You know, I may just post it and let people ooh and ah and say, how'd you do that? I, say, no, I found a Shutterstock image and my image and put them together, you know. I would never lie about an image that wasn't truly done in the camera. Photography, what is photography? Photography is when you pick up your camera and you take a picture and you stop that picture for life. I mean, that's... To me, that's what photography is all about, capturing, telling a story through the lens of what you interpret that to be. I can interpret it, okay, I'm gonna change my interpretation of this picture and put, you know, this this image in with this image, with that image, with this image, and now I got this super image, but it's not an image. It's seven images put together, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. It's it like I told the. I think it was B and H Photo had this photo contest. So the girl, it was at the the one of the expos, and I'm walking by and she hints, She stuffs this thing right in my face and <laughs> send pictures in for our photo contest. And I asked her. I said, Are you allowing composited pictures to be in the photo contest? Yeah, because they're photos. I said. No, they're not, so now I'm having this argument with this girl handing out cards that's like 20 years old that works, that's working for B&H Photo, what photography is, because young kids don't know if, you know if they're just doing computer stuff, that's, okay, here's a really good example, this one's great, and if anybody has never seen this YouTube video, look it up. All you gotta do is type in uh, model, girl model cheese pizza or girl model pepperoni pizza. And then you're gonna see this, this guy, he's a Photoshop guru, just like amazing Photoshop guy. And he shows this beautiful picture of this model in a red bikini, right? Gorgeous, right? So then he goes, okay, so I'm gonna play this, I'm gonna play my, I'm gonna play what I did in reverse in Photoshop to what I started with so you see him going through it and he's doing all this stuff and lo and behold it's a slice of pepperoni pizza so he could actually call that image of the girl with the bathing suit on a photograph if he really wanted to but it's not a photograph it's it's a digital image i think once you take now i'm not talking about uh I'm not talking about dodge and burn. I'm not talking about retouching. I'm not talking about taking a beer can off a table at a wedding or whatever. I'm talking about taking other images, whether they're your own or they're not your own, and and sandwiching them together and calling that a photograph.
0: What if I did frequency separation on the model's skin to smooth it out?
1: It's a, you're still working on your own image. Your one image. Yeah,
0: I'm retouching it, re, similar re, to how I would have done. In yeah, the I 80s mean, because I do, I room. do that.
1: I think, I mean, yeah. hell, when we did darkroom work, we, you know, I had all these tools for dodging and burning and 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 all that stuff and gradation filters and, you know, uh, all that all that stuff. And that's the same thing as doing that in Photoshop, smoothing skin out and stuff. There is ways to do that in a darkroom. Photoshop, um, now, again, it, I have no objections to compositing. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool that you, that you can do that. I wish I, could, I wish I was better at it. I don't have any issue with it at all. I just have an issue when somebody says, this is my photograph. Because it's not, it's, it's your digital image. It's your, it's your composite. That's what it is. It's not an actual photograph because did it come out of the camera looking like that? No. Well, then it's not. You did, you did work to it, digital work, where you put layers on top of layers. Now, all of a sudden, now it's a, it's a digital image. I, got a, I, got, I know a photographer out west. You would think his stuff is composited. His stuff is amazing, and he, he's out in the he's out in the uh, the Arizona deserts, and his stuff is unbelievable, and that's true photography to me, true photography. Now, now here's a here's a photo. This is this is what I this is exactly what I love. This guy does these food commercials, where let's say it's a Big Mac, and it's all separated in midair and a white background. And how he does that is he has these robotic machines and these robotic arms with these little thin like spatulas on them. And one spatula has the lettuce, one, one has a tomato, one has the roll, one has the burger, one has the cheese. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he hits the button, those arms quickly go out. So everything's suspended for that split second. And he has the, the, the high type of high-powered lights to where it's just frozen on a white background. That's a photograph. That's not taking the lettuce and putting it in. That's not taking the tomato and putting it in. That's not taking the burger and putting it in. That's one shot done the way he does it. Exactly. And I love that. That's the if I could do that kind of photography, I would I mean, that's what I would do. I I would rather not take and put each piece in. Like I shoot a car and I pride myself when I go to the computer and I do a little tweak here, a little tweak there, a little little rub here, a little little soften here, take this line out, you know, brighten this wheel, brighten that wheel, darken the, darken the window. Um, then I take the car and I flip it and I make my little reflection and I'm done. So really, what was that? Two layers, right? When I look at some of these guys, when they shoot a studio shoot, they're lighting the tire, back tire, they're lighting the front tire, they're lighting the hood, then they're lighting the the door, then they're lighting the the quarter rear panel, then they're lighting the front corner panel. Now they have 10, 15 different images. They take each one of those images and they they separate everything and now they piece it together. They just do a bunch of layer masks. Yeah. Yeah. So I pride myself in doing all of what you're doing in one shot. Yeah. That's where a 20 foot light bank comes in handy. Real handy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for what they do, now I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying that's wrong because they're doing it in a garage where they have no light. And for them to be able to make that look like they make it look, it's it's phenomenal. That's why I'm fortunate to have what I have because I can roll, like, you, you know, I, I do a lot of photography for for these car companies that want to put their cars on websites for sale. And so that's what they do. They'll bring a, You know, because if you're going to sell a $200,000 car, you, you don't want just phone snapshots. You want it to look, so they roll it in and, you know, I do my thing. You know, I can't take, I can't take every shot like these guys are doing and piece them together. You know, why would I do that if I have the facility and the light to be able to do, to do everything in one shot? You know, if I just was, if I even if I was in just a garage and I was doing this and I wanted every shot to look like that, that I, I'd be I'd be two days on one car. I get a car in and out of here in an hour and a half, and it looks phenomenal. Nice. It looks like it was done in a, you know, like it was done in a major studio in New York City. I mean, it's it's that's what I pride myself on. I pride myself on good quality work. That's other advice too. I mean, good quality work. You know, not not showboating, not showing up with uh, you know five truckloads of equipment. I go in light. You know that saying "less is more." That's what I like. The less I use, I get more I get more out of the little equipment that I bring than bringing twenty lights to a shoot. If you know what I mean. Well,
0: so. oh, absolutely. So. You've mentored quite a few photographers over the years, you know, dozens, right? Well,
1: here's my thing on that. And a lot of people say, you know, you should be charging, you should charge, you should, you know, you should charge these people more. You should, you know, it's 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 not all about making money. When I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, uh, I would have swept your floor for $5 in a studio. Just to be, this one guy said, okay, I'll tell you what, because this guy used to come into our deli that we had, photography, he he had a little studio across the street. I said, Rick, don't you, can't you give me any, this is when I was really starving for something, right? I said, can't you give me anything? He goes, all right, I'll tell you what, I have to do all these slide duplicates. Come over to the studio and you can mount the slides. When I went over there to that studio and was mounting the slides, I, I thought I was in heaven I wasn't doing anything but mountain slides, but I was in a studio where I could see lights. I could see the cameras. I could see, you know, it was, it, it was, it was everything that I wanted. And I was, and I loved it. So my thing is, I didn't have that at my fingertips. I had to scrape and beg for it. So I have one of the better studios in the area. And I'm willing to, that anybody come in that wants to learn, If they, hey, can I come and watch you do a car shoot? I'm almost embarrassed when people come and watch me do a car shoot because it's so damn easy, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's nothing to it. I have a 20-foot light bank, I got foam panels on each side of the light bank, and that's it, simple. It's, there's no, but when you, have the, when you have the right tools, like if you tell me to go put a, go put a wall together, that thing will look like crap because I don't have the right tools to do it. You know what I mean? I don't have the squares and the levels and, and all of that. But in photography, I got the right tools. You know, when you see people work on motors, I mean, they're doing it flawlessly because they have the right tools to do it. You know, but that same person, you give them a camera, you say, go take that picture of that car over there just to give me a nice snapshot. They'll be fumbling around with the dials and the, and the stuff on the camera. I wouldn't even know what they're doing. So because I have the right tools, you know, it works for me here. So when when somebody calls you up and says, Hey, can I watch you do a shoot or can I help you out? I said, yeah, come in. Come in, check it out, hang out. But you're gonna work. If I gotta move a car, you're gonna grab a jacket and help every help everybody else here do what they do. And you know, I'd rather come have you come here and kind of put your hands in and get wet a little bit than just sitting in the corner and not asking questions.
0: Exactly. I can remember getting serious about professional photography and taking all these workshops and meeting people that were so generous with their knowledge. And so that's what just blew me away when when I started really taking classes and getting serious about photography. Two two things blew me away. What's possible with strobes and light painting. You know, light painting just Blew the lid off the whole thing for me.
1: It's funny because I was doing light painting in 85. I had a garage, my apartment where I lived, where we had our deli. I had a, a parking spot in the lower level of the garage. I'd go in there on weekends with a flashlight and I'd have a bunch of gels with me. And I would outline my body with the flashlight and put different colored gels on it. I'd outline my car I'd outline the wheels and then I'd throw light, you know, hit different walls in different places with the light and stuff was unbelievable. It looked really cool. You know, I mean, back then it was, you know, it's cheesy to look at now, but that's where it all started back then. Exactly.
0: Yeah, the bar's gone up a bit. But seeing, we had the last light painting workshop, we had 12 people show up and most of them were intermediate level. You know, we asked, no beginners, if you don't know how to use manual, please don't come to this workshop. Yeah, right, right. One of those. That reminded me, like that wonder that you feel when you learn something new and you're just blown
1: away by how cool what's possible yeah. with all this. It's just, it's it. you just have to remember that when the shutter opens, it records whatever you have in front of it whether it's a blue light, a green light, a yellow light, a white light. Uh, I mean, you got to be careful of your exposures and stuff like that, too. It's a lot of trial and error. But it's so cool what you can do with light painting. I mean, you put an object out there, and then you you run around with, you know, like uh, fiber optic uh, lighting with all different colors, swirl. I know that's what you guys are doing, like doing orbs and stuff that you guys are doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it looks cool when you have this one little... You know the spinning of the light, and it's just sitting there by itself. It's like, because anything dark, it doesn't see, so it only sees the light. So it's so cool where you can just go anywhere you want and add light to any any spot. I'd like to do more of that, more of that at night. The light oh painting. totally,
0: I got really <laughs> into that in 2012, and never stopped doing it. Every year we're doing light painting. Yeah. And it just never gets old. Yeah, let me know when
1: you guys go out and do yeah. that again. I'd love to. You know, for sure. I think I we did that stuff. one in that warehouse, right? With uh, we had the, oh, the light you came in with the tor- uh, for a while, torches, and got the
0: best shot of the night, and then left. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that
0: one with Katie spinning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a risk to the camera. Uh, I got that. Some, do
1: I have that up? don't oh know, it's up there.
0: Yeah, I remember you used that one at your show that we yeah that we went to. Yeah, that came yeah, because I was awesome. just
1: putting the. um. I put the camera on the ground in front of her with a fifteen, and then I had to walk away because the sparks were just ridiculous. But that shot is because she's pretty sharp, even though she's moving. She's she's relatively sharp, and then you got that one hole right in the middle that where the the sparks the light isn't.
0: Yeah, got the and vortex with there with
1: the graffiti on the wall. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that shot. Shot is so cool.
0: Never get sick of that. No. The last one, we were firing strobes, backlighting for real aggressive silhouettes while they're spinning the steel wool. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Uh, Anyone who's been into astrophotography or gone to the star parties is you'll spend this huge chunk of time with people in the pitch dark, and you never really see them. (laughs) Right. So then you'll meet them again in the daylight. It's like me and them all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like there's all these people that I met, but I...
1: Yeah. The, a lot of a lot of my shooting too, you know. Speaking of that stuff, I set my tripod up, I set my camera up, I set my exposure, my focus, and I shoot it. And I generally get what I want. Some people are in there, their little tilt here, a little this. You got to have this exposure. You got to do that. You got to change this. You got to be here. And, oh know, this angle, it's dead, up up a little, no down. And it's like you're overthinking, dude. Just do it. I get very I get frustrated when I see people overthinking what they want to do, and, and now all of a sudden, the shot's gone. You, you're spending so much time trying to get it to where you want it, <laughs> the shot's over. You lost it. You missed it.
0: It's a real problem for a lot of folks. Yeah. Uh, you know what i found is once you're comfortable with your camera, you know, which is a good case, some people will say, for not switching all the time, Switching cameras all the time, so you're just real comfortable with your camera. You know all the settings. You don't even have to look at it. Right. You're comfortable with it. It's one less thing to worry about, and then you can just get in the zone so much faster. Yeah. Uh, most of my favorite shots that I've ever gotten is when I'm pretty relaxed and I'm not really thinking about it. I'm not under a duress to yeah. get a specific yeah. shot.
1: You know what I mean? No, exactly. I mean, right now I, I just bought the new R6 and. Um, I'm fumbling because I'm not used to it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to find my focus, my, my focus block. To, so where the hell is the focus block then? Because now the whole screen is a focus. So the, sc- the focus block can be up in the left corner. I don't see it over there. Then I got to find it, it, you know, but it's good. The more I use it, the easier it gets. But that damn thing is like focus friendly, man. Un- unbelievable. It thing focuses like I've never seen a camera focus. Never in all the years of doing this. You can't I don't care what anybody says when people say, Oh, I can manually focus better than these autofocus. You cannot anymore do that.
0: Not in a million years. No way. Nope. No way. It's, It's to the point where I leave a lot of my manual focus lenses at home. I don't even want to mess with it anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean you're missing shots. You know how many times, I, I mean, I even used to, I had a, uh, uh, an eighty-five one one two. I sold it because if I shoot up 50 shots with it, two, two look great. The shots that look great, look great. I mean, they're unbelievable, but, you know, I'm not there to miss shots. You're talking about the Canon L series,
0: 85. Yeah. I had that lens yeah. too, that wire-driven autofocus, way yeah. too slow.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I hunting. know they upgrade, they upgrade. Yeah. But the, the other part is it's the depth of field. You know, if I'm shooting for, especially at a wedding, because I'm trying to get the really nice backgrounds, really nice, soft, nice bouquet backgrounds. But all of a sudden the, the focus point hit the nose. So now the eye's out of focus. And it sucked. I would get so mad, but
0: that it doesn't matter how well you calibrate it, it still does it. Yeah, no. Yeah. I but calibrated that this, lens like five times. But this matter. R
1: with this R it's R six. That thing will grab your eye and stay right on it. And you know, I'm not gonna get the 85-12 again. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna buy the the 28-70 uh, f2 because that's your that's your that's your um, your 35 f2. That's your your 51-1 one, one, you know 14 or one. What's the difference between one two and, and two? I mean, they're so close, you know. Exactly. That, that's your that's your 85. That's your, you know, it's got all those lenses right in right in one lens. So I mean, that's that's the that's going to be the that'll be my my main lens on my one camera. So f two's
0: really about as wide of an aperture I'm comfortable using for anything I'm being paid to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I like use, that
0: one. That'll give me. Uh, That'll give me 1.4. That one's, you've got a 1.4 point at you right now. And yeah, you know, I stopped it down a bit more just to be sure. And that's yeah. locked right on your retina. Right. The whole time while you're talking. But still, uh, if you got to have it in focus, if you're getting paid to get in focus, if it's going to be a big deal and you can't
1: reshoot that. Yeah, no. No, I know. No. How I many times does that happened like where you, you think you got it, you didn't blow it up on the screen and you put it on a computer and it's like, Oh my God! Are you kidding me right now? Frustrating.
0: Are you so kidding frustrating. me? Any camera that isn't going to just grab, focus and lock onto somebody's eyeball and hang onto it while they're doing somersaults? Yeah. isn't going to sell. No, that's where we're not at
1: anymore. Right now. I think we're in that. I think we're in that that uh, era now where. You know, you gotta look back when these, news, these old newspaper guys were using those uh, Graflex, Garflex cameras where they had to use a four by five sheet film. When you look at the viewfinder, it's upside down and backwards because there's no, there's no mirrors to correct it. Right. But think about back in the day when the newspaper guys, they, they, have, a, they have a pouch with these uh, film holders and you put it in, you gotta pull the dark slide out, you take the picture, put the dark slide in, pull the film holder out, flip it, put it back in, pull the dark slide out, take another shot, put the dark side <laughs> in, take that out, put it in your bag as exposed, add a new one. I mean, you know, now, that then we go to 35 millimeter, you know, and now you get 24, 36 exposures. You know, you're still under the you're still under the gun, you know, if you're on a, you know, at an assignment where you're, where you're flying through film, you know. I don't even know how these sports guys did it, these, these... Uh, you know, uh, Sports Illustrated photographers, football guys, when you get that that guy leaping over a, a mound of players, and it's super tack sharp, but it was with film and and manual focus. How did they do it? You know, and now now we're in the realm of these these the the younger generation that have no idea what it's like to manually focus a camera, or manually or you know adjust the 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 apertures and the shutter speeds to get it right. It, I don't know, they're missing out. They're missing out on, their, on what it was really like. They're missing out on
0: quite a bit, I think. I still shoot 35mm once in a while. I've got a Nikon FG and uh, an F4. And a box of some pretty respectable 35mm. i got the Velvia and some of yeah, the other yeah. sexy 35mm. Yeah, right? I got really into that again in 2016. I hadn't shot film in a long time. So I got really into that in 2016, and it ended up saving my ass. I was outside uh, 7.30 a.m. I was hired to do a groundbreaking out in Glenville. So I've got uh, two senators and all these uh, big-ticket donors all lined up with their hard hats and their shovels. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah freezing cold winter everybody's waiting to get the shot the news is there they're getting their shot they got the video cameras we're all competing it's my turn to get the shot autofocus won't work (laughs) nice oh that was on the uh nikon d850 with the twenty forty seventy two point eight 2.8 g which at the time was the go-to if you're a nikon shooter that's what you would use yeah and uh the autofocus just wouldn't work and I got my flash uh, but I had been shooting manuals so much all I did was I stopped down a bit and I already had my maximum ISO with the flash set to 2000 so I knew it wasn't gonna go crazy yeah I flipped it auto ISO and I just did a manual burst and I had a good enough flash on there that it gave me the whole burst and uh, just gently did my manual focus back and forth so I did about 20 shots all in a row and I was able to composite it together. So I had 15 people with all the eyes open. That shot went out in a press release two hours later. Yeah. Uh, So if I didn't have that muscle memory, that might have gotten me in trouble.
1: Well, that uh, that being a professional is when your stuff is royally screwing up, you got to look cool and calm and collected on the outside, <laughs> but your inside you're bouncing off walls trying yeah. to figure out what in the hell is going on. So many times that's that's happened to me. I mean, there was a time that we were rushing at a wedding. I was I was things were running really behind. We we're only at the bride's house, and uh, I was shooting Hasselblads at, at the time. And uh, you know we're running it, it's extremely late, <clears throat> so. I thought to myself, well, you know, we're going to be rushing when we get to the church, so I'm going to switch film now. So I'm all set to go because I had finished the role at the house, right? So I opened up the back to switch the, to switch the film, and I didn't have any film in the camera. So I'm like, oh, my God, are you kidding me right now? So what I had to do, I said, you know what? I know we're rushing. I know we're we're falling behind, but... The light in that room looks so much nicer now. I, I got to grab a couple more shots. Exactly. We go in and do a couple more shots because they don't remember. Nope. They'll never remember when the film comes back that, oh, what about those shots before these? They would never remember that. So, But I freaked out. I opened up the back and I, I just totally just, I just lost this. And you got to be kidding me right now. I, I am such an idiot.
0: But back then you could sort of get away with saying, oh, those didn't come out.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I've had to do that as long too. as you
0: got something.
1: That yeah, well, they're happy with. I had to do that where I had nothing. <laughs> you know, I used a leaf shutter lens on a on a Mamiya camera, and you know, uh, in order to use the leaf shutter lens, <clears throat> your shutter speed on the camera had to be below a thirtieth of a second to to really make to, to get the full effect from the leaf shutter, and that's for getting you know for shooting um, a high shutter sync using a leaf shutter. So the, the, the girl said, hey, I wanna do all these pictures on my future in-laws house because the property is so beautiful. You know, we're all gonna get ready there. Can you come, we're gonna go there. I said, okay, that's fine. So I, I, I knew this and I knew it was, it was gonna be a bright day. So I asked my buddy, can I use your leaf shutter lens? He goes, sure, you know, so I go grab it. Never used it before, never even messed with it, nothing. Just put it on the camera. Took all the pictures at the house. Go to the church and I looked down on the cameras the shutter speed on the camera was on a sixtieth of a second. And I'm thinking, eh, I know I had it on I know I had it on a thirtieth or lower because I know was, uh the Mamiya cameras, the one electronic camera, the shutter was it would stick out to the side and if it hit your leg it would it would the shutter wasn't locked, mm-hmm. You know, the shutter dial. So I said my leg probably hit it and went to sixty. So I didn't I didn't even worry about it. Film came back, two rows, totally blank. <laughs> Specifically at the house, they get the pictures at the house. So, you know, and I had to tell her, you know, the lab messed your film up. I don't know, you know, they put it in the wrong process. It's like, damn I'm lab. not taking the blame for that. <laughs> that was, uh, what was that? That had to be 28 years ago, 29 years ago.
0: So we're here at your studio, and you probably got about three, four, or five hundred photos all over the walls here. My favorite ones that Billy Joel shot over there. I just like the light, and happen to be a Billy Joel
1: fan, and all that. That was a. Um, I was lucky to get that shot. Uh, you know, um, and, uh, all these pictures that were, that you see and that we that we discuss are on my. Most of them are on my website. Dino dot com, But that picture there, that was the last shoot I ever did with the Discovery Channel in 2006. So I'm in the back, I'm in the um, backstage before, you know, I'm there for the sound check and shot the sound check. And I'm there, you know, for the interview in the back with the Discovery Channel and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and I was supposed to be on the stage, you know, hovering one of the camera guys doing the whole shoot but the management of Billy Joel said there's no way you're coming on this stage there's already too many people right so you're gonna have to be in the front I said oh, okay so I go down in the front and security's there I said I'm, I'm I'm shooting with the Discovery Channel so I'm gonna go up to the to the stage now you know how they have the pit you know you can only get so far no, goes, I've been in the pit he goes no you're not <laughs> I don't even. I couldn't even get no no there was no pit it was just the stage So there was no, there was no security, nothing, and no photographer pit, no nothing. So it was just the stage. So the, um, so I told the, uh, the security at the end of the row, you know, I had my credentials and everything. I said, I gotta go up there and, you know, because I'm shooting for the discovery channel, because you can't go up there until the third song. And that's when we let everybody go. So they let, all the fans rush the stage after the third song, right? Wonderful. And I'm freaking because I'm, I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid $1,200 to, to take these pictures, right? And I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't fight this. I can't, I, I've just got to do it, you know? So as soon as that third song came on, I, I was a madman. You know, I'm, uh, what was I, 40, I was a 45 year old madman bouncing off these, you know, uh, 25-year-old kids, a lot of young kids there, and I just elbowed, and I didn't, when it comes to that, I don't care. I'm gonna walk on you, I'm gonna elbow you, I'm gonna get where I need to get, and I got that shot, and the producer of the show, well, he was a cameraman in that shot, but he became the producer, and I saw him in Vegas when they had the uh, biker build-offs out there, and we were chatting, he goes, that picture you did with us, Camera guys in there and giving that bike to Billy Joel, that is one of the best photos I've ever had taken of myself. I said, "Oh, thanks, man, I appreciate that." So yeah, that was that was that was insane, really insane. I also did a thing with uh, Junior when he uh, he did a bike for the uh, 9/11 Memorial Bike, and he was doing the unveil, so. <clears throat> It was he he hired me personally to drive down and take the pictures of him come riding up on the bike and giving it to the you know to the the memorial and um, it's the first time I I don't want this job for anything to be a AP photographer or whatever because it was the first time that I had dealings with AP and um, you know Asshole photographers. Uh, so with the press. I just said, because they're all bouncing me out of the way. Yeah. Now I'm there for a reason. I'm there for Paul Jr. He hired me personally to do this shoot. I'm not there for your paper or your magazine or whatever. I'm here for this guy. So I just, uh, I became a bigger asshole. And I started elbowing, pushing and shoving. I didn't care who was behind me. I didn't care who I was blocking. They're, they're pushing me like I'm like some, like a lot of them knew each other. You know, because they're in the game down there, so you know. So I just had to, I just had to do my thing, and I got some killer shots. But I got pictures I run on my slideshow of me. You can see me in the pack of all these cameras and and uh, video guys and uh, and uh, still photographers. You know, uh, but yeah, that was crazy too. But I don't. I, I wouldn't want that. I, I, I'm not that. I'm not that photographer. I'm not the guy. I'm not the. Uh, the press guy, like, I couldn't do it, could not do it. Whenever I have
0: run-ins with those folks, I always think the same thing, man. Uh, yeah. Like, you don't seem like you like your job. That's well, look the way it the, seems
1: with at, those folks. I, I'm not into paparazzis. I think they're a bunch of jackasses, and I don't care what shot you're going for. You take a shot and then leave. Exactly. Well, you got to follow these these stars. That's why they, they they have such a bad name. I mean, let them, leave them alone. Let them, you know... You know, and then, well, I'm doing it. I'm getting paid to do this. This isn't a job. You're 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 being a jackass, and you're you know you're really intruding on people's private lives. And I'm not into that. I, I could not I couldn't do it.
0: No way. That's why they keep passing more and more laws in California against those folks. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even like when I did Billy Joel, um, I was working for the Discovery Channel, and at the end, now I'm elbow to elbow. When I'm I'm standing here, he's standing right next to me. And we have similar look, and my wife says, you, you really remind me of Billy Joel." so I would have loved to have had a picture taken side by side with him, right? I mean, I have a wall with pictures with with celebrities and and I wasn't afraid to ask, but I wasn't being paid by it wasn't a you know it was there was a lot going on, a lot of people were having their pictures taken with them, so I just I would jump in so uh." When the interview was over and Billy Joel was going back to his dressing room, he goes, "Okay, are we all set here? Anybody need anything else?" And I'm standing here, he's standing there, and I was like, "It was right on the tip of my tongue. I, I want to. Can I just get a picture taken with you? I know, I know, I shouldn't do this, but I want to do it. But I just, <laughs> I, just, the professional side of me just kept it, kept it from me saying it because I, I really wanted it, but." in retrospect I should have did it cuz I'd have it now and Yeah, you wouldn't have it. He would have did it, but yeah. you know, but I did I made took that picture and I actually made two copies of that picture and had that had one sent to him and he kept one and then he signed one for me, but you know, you think he would have put a really cool shot, to, you know, appreciate it, but he just signed his name. Thanks. thanks. Good enough? <laughs> That's it. Just really tall. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, yeah, that came out beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's really, a, that's an awesome shot. Absolutely. So,
0: let me look here. You want questions? I got a couple more questions. Sure, ask. Cause we got All a right. few
1: more minutes here.
0: What makes a great photographer?
1: One, one, your eye. You can't just say when you're 40 that I'm going to be a photographer because it doesn't work. You can't do that. It's something that you have to grow into. It's almost like being a baseball player. You can't just start playing baseball at, you know, 25. I think you're going to be a professional at 30. You know, it's the same thing. But the, the main thing that I tell people, you know, and, and again, it go, goes back to what your, what your uh, advice to young people, know how your camera functions work. Not, you don't need to know the internal mechanisms of what makes how the shutter opens in the digital, how you can get, you know, a thousand digital files on a tiny little card and make wall prints all day long. I don't mean that, but I mean how your shutter speed, how your f-stop and how your ISO all work together. Once you learn that, if you don't ever learn that, then you're never going to be a good photographer because you don't know what you're doing have people rent the studio sometimes that don't know what they're doing
0: they don't know the exposure triangle but they're right you're in a professional
1: studio. yeah making money which which kills me <laughs> you know I'll say okay so what's your shutter at well what do you mean well you shutter well you can't be you know you, you know it, you can't be above 200th of a second on your shutter well, why not I say because your camera, you, all of a sudden you're going to see, start seeing a black line. Your shutter's opening and closing faster than the light's recording. And then I'll say, just bring your shutter down to like a 30th of a second or something. Well, then it's going to be blurry. I said, well, no, <laughs> it's not going to be blurry. In fact, I had an art director in here. I was uh-huh. shooting a car. Yep. And he goes, how come you don't use a tripod? So why do I need a tripod? He goes, to keep everything steady and you get sharp images. I said, I'm shooting at a 60th of a second at F-16. That's sharp as attack. He goes, you don't get any camera motion? I said, I'm going to prove something to you right now. I said, I'm going to put my camera on that second, and I'm going to shoot that car. And then we're going to put it on a big screen, and you're going to see how sharp it is. Put the camera down to a second, shot it, put it on a screen. He goes, oh my God, you're not kidding. The Parts that were the highly reflective parts had a little bit of a mm. little camera shake. From the ambient. But because it's like, I do a shot. I used to do a wedding shot. I haven't done it in a while. Where I would tell the bride and groom to make a fist and show their rings. Then in the, so their rings would be focused. And, and then cells, they'd be so far from the, from the lens, they'd be out of focus, which is what I wanted. So I said, you guys kiss in the background, right? And I do it to where there's lights in the background, like colored lights, stage lights or whatever. So when they're kissing, I put the camera on like a third of a second. And I say, "Okay, start kissing." And then I'll fire the shutter and then I'll twist the camera. Yeah. So now what you're getting is you're getting all that background light. You put them you put them in like a tunnel at their sharpest attack. Might be a little bit of ghosting, mm-hmm. but you get all that color around the around the side of them. You see, people ask me, what do you do, that in Photoshop? I said, no, that's in the camera. It's how you, it's working the camera to its fullest. I don't know how to work the camera. I don't know how to, what shutter speeds and what f-stops and what, you know, I had somebody uh, that was working with me. And she says, I, I bought a lens so I can get the backgrounds out of focus. And your, your pictures are so unbelievably out of focus. I don't know how, how you do it. So I said, well, let me see how you're shooting. Let me, so we opened them up, opened the images up in bridge. 3,200 ISO, F-16 at like 500th um, of a second. Yeah. That's what so I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I say. Why? Okay, your shutter and your ISO are, and everything's off. Well, what do you mean? I had to explain to her what the shutter speed and the f-stops do, well, everything. You know, when you're at 2.8, very little's in focus in the background. When you're at f-16, everything's in focus. And when you're at 3,200, you have to be at f-16 outside because it's so bright out and you're at such a high shutter. It, it was... So, then she got it and her stuff looked so much better. But, but it's like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm looking at... I tell people, when you look at an image, if your eye is trying to find what it's looking at, then it's not a good shot. Your eye needs to focus on what you want the, the viewer to focus on. You know what I mean by that, right? You know, so if you're not utilizing your depth of field, like if I take a picture of you and everything behind you is super sharp too, my eye's going everywhere. What's, what's my center of interest? Where, where am I looking? Exactly. You know, that's why it's so nice to work those the f-stops to get that background that soft background where just what you want to be solid is solid.
0: So you got the R6, you upgraded from the 5D Mark IV? Yeah. And before that the 5D Mark
1: III? I had the 3, I had the 2. Yeah. I had the the um uh, uh they weren't they weren't five Ds. They were marked. They were just Mark Twos, like a Canon Mark Two. But you know, that's when eighteen megapixels. You know, you know, way back when digital first started. I mean, I was using. I was bringing uh, little Kodak cameras that did. They were like, you know, five megapixels, but you could get a four or five meg file out of it. I would use use them for black and whites. Small black and whites, and it was cool. So I was getting even them little Kodak instant digital cameras way back when. You know, then just things progressed. I mean, me and my buddy used to laugh. Oh my God, I came out with a 10 megapixel. Oh, I got a 20 megapixel. Holy crap, you know.
0: It just keeps going and going. How many megapixels are the R6? That's 20. 20, okay.
1: Now the, the 5 has a 40. Now, maybe over the summer when the wedding cash flow starts with weddings starting back up, hopefully I'm going to turn that other Mark IV into a Mark uh, uh, R5 and then use the R5 more specifically for commercial work. Not that the R6 can't handle it because it can, uh, but it's nice to have that extra, you know. But when I do a wedding with that R5, uh, R5, I'm only going to shoot half raw. Because I don't even, even with this, I'd probably go a little less, but I'm not going to because it's 20 megapixel. The Mark IV was 30. The 30, I would, I would shoot at half resolution size. Because I don't need, when you do a wedding and you're shooting 2,000 images, you don't need all that. You don't need that much. You only need a little a little bit. So why waste all that space?
0: Yeah, tw- 20 is more than enough for most. For a wedding, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: you're not going over 16 by 20 normally. Yeah,
0: even then, that's... Fine. So what do you think about people saying you ought to double or even triple the reciprocal rule since these cameras are so sharp now? Used to be like that. I remember being told, uh, let's say you're using a 100 millimeter lens. Uh, your focal length uh, should uh, be your minimum shutter speed. So if I have oh. 100 millimeter, uh, I should never go below one one hundredth of a second or else I'll have motion
1: blur from my lens. moving. Yeah. Ask me how often I go by that rule. I break it
0: successfully all the time. Yeah, okay.
1: uh, what you got to do is you got to be careful.
0: Mm, well, the, the Joe McNally technique, using your elbow and the exactly. three points uh, works really well. This is really the well.
1: argument I have with people yeah. when they say, well, I just use a live shutter. Oh, so you're shooting out here. And that's exactly what I say, what you just said. You're shooting out here using that screen. I can't do that for two reasons. When I'm shooting and my eyes in the viewfinder, I feel like I'm in the camera.
0: Exactly. I'm inside
1: it. There's nobody around me. I could be standing in front of the parents of the bride watching them cut the cake, and I don't even know they're there because I'm, I'm in the moment. I'm in the camera. All that matters is what I'm looking at, right? If I'm out here, now I see everybody around me. I feel people looking at me. I can see all that, Right. You know,
0: the only time I use live view at events is if it's a weird angle and I can't use the.
1: Yeah, or like low, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other point, what you just said, how do you, how do you stabilize the camera out here? How can you possibly, with a, with a lens on there, stabilize the camera when it's out here? This is where, this is your, tri- your body is your tripod. You know?
0: Exactly. Yeah, and they're getting better and better and sharper and sharper. And yeah, some folks are saying if you got a hundred millimeter, your minimum shutter speed should be one three hundredth. Yeah, something like that. If they want to
1: be up that high, that's. I shoot. You know, again, I, I I push the limits a lot. I lose a lot of shots because I push the limits. But when when it's working and it's on, there's. There's nothing like it. I mean, you know, you, 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 my thing is, if you're going slower shutter speed, like I'll tell people at a w- reception, you know, my average shutter speed at a reception is a 15th of a second. 15th of a second, everything's going to be blurry. It says, no, it's not blurry because your flash is freezing the subject and everything else around it is dark. If, it's, if you got video lights or it's bright in there, then yeah and I've ruined some shots but I've gotten some you know what it's like when you see a couple dancing I mean fast dancing and the coolest shot in the world is when they're frozen and then your background is all like blurred I like shows it shows action shows like in the moment motion
0: Yeah, using the strobe to stop the action and exactly and that's you know up until maybe a few years ago, that was really necessary to avoid having really grainy low light shots yeah. too. Yeah. Uh now it's a little bit better. Yeah. Uh like, you know, with that beautiful seventy to two hundred, maybe you'll switch on the IS or the image stabilization, the vibration reduction, as Nikon yeah. calls it. And you know, I got one of the newer lenses, uh, the, the newest twenty four to seventy, two point eight VR two. Oh, it's yeah. the E-series for Nikon, and that one's way better. So I can switch the uh, image stabilization on, on that, and it doesn't soften it nearly as much. Yeah. So I'll hit that switch, you know, rather than push my sensor gain a little too much. Yeah. You know, if I don't have strobes, you know, if I just, I'm forced to just shoot ambient light.
1: Yeah, sometimes I'll tell you, you know, when they're doing like a first dance or something, I'll, I'll turn all the strobes off. Because sometimes the uh, uh, the video light, if there's a video, you know, light them up good. But a lot of these places, a lot of these DJs bring that up lighting now. And to get, you don't get that background light when you're using flash, when you're using strobes. I mean, you can get it a little bit, but when you turn all the strobes off and you just use the natural light and it's sharp, what a, it looks so awesome. Yeah. But, so
0: that's something yeah. to really look forward to as, the, as these sensors get better and yeah. better and better. I've got a shot that I did a 20 by 30 print at ISO 102,400. Had <laughs> yeah. that come out. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. There's a shot of the spinning. You missed it. Don't worry about it. Which it is. That's <laughs> <Not time>. happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, if you have the right contrast and you know the 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 right the right look that you can go as high as you want with them isos and have a great looking shot Yep. you know so
0: you know it'd be fun to do one day get a bunch of different cameras like a succession of cameras and shoot basically the same thing you know to have like a model or something and do exactly the same shot with a whole bunch of different cameras, film all the way up to the newest, most yeah, expensive digital. Yeah, that would be digital. cool, right? Yeah. That would be uh, cool. And process it as closely as possible yeah. and then compare them all. Right. You, you know, because even the 5D Mark II to the Mark IV was such a drastic oh, yeah. improvement. Yeah. The last Canon camera I owned was the 5D Mark II. Yeah. Uh, respectable camera, you know, good enough for the White House photographer at the time and all sorts yeah, of other right. people. Yeah, got some beautiful shots with it yeah. but It had major limitations. It does. Especially I mean, it's compared not that it, it
1: really isn't, you know, I mean, a lot of people think it's the camera. You can give me a Rebel. I'm going to take awesome pictures mm. with the Rebel. I mean, it may not be, you know. Not uh, with the kit lens, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Even the kit lens, they've been forced to make them better. Yeah, yeah. Canon and Nikon kit lenses yeah. have gotten a lot better. Those USM motors they're using yeah. there and yeah, much better. But I uh, really appreciate you taking the time for all this today.
1: Nah, I'm glad you came by. This is awesome. hope people, you know, I mean, again, my door is always open. I rent this place out. If you want to come by and check things out, by all means. You know, it'd be nice to have like a, like a, maybe we could plan that over the winter. You know, if COVID gets a little bit better, uh, having a little photo, just get together. Just get all the people that we know that we, that shoot to come in and hang out and get new people to come in. It'd be fun to kind of do that.
0: but I never get tired of doing those. I do a lot of group shoots. You know, I go to almost every group shoot I'm invited to. So I always learn something. I always have a good time, and I always walk away with shots I'm happy with. Yeah. And do some workshops. There's a lot of folks that want to learn how to do headshots and other stuff like that. Right. You know, I was thinking it might be fun to do some workshops where there are some live students, but it's mainly designed for online content for people to go online and watch. Yeah. On YouTube. But
1: uh, what social media websites you got? Well, my t- website is actually Dino Uh because <clears throat> I switched over website uh, hosts or people doing my website and nobody transferred the information and somebody pirated my name, wanted to sell me my name, com back for 50 grand. 50. 50. Yeah. Am I worth that much? <laughs> I said, throw the name out. I don't care Let somebody else buy it. So I added photo to the, to the end of that, but that was a pain in the ass. Cause then I had to get all the social media, you know, all the Google and stuff to recognize that. So it took like a good year to, to get back up in the, in the standings. And then, uh, you know, Facebook is just my name on Facebook and I've got my personal page. I got my, you know, business page. You know, I got a YouTube page. Just, go on YouTube, type in Dino Petroselli, and you know, subscribe and follow me on YouTube. I put stupid stuff up there, too, just fun. You know, doing donuts in the snow with my window's open.
0: That kind <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the next step. That's what I'm gonna be getting into, uh, doing some of these, putting up uh, YouTube, yeah. uh, as well as all the RSS feeds yeah. you know, for the standard podcast.
1: Right, I'm, I'm actually going through a lot of old video footage. I had a camera crew following me around for like two years on a whole bunch of different shoots. And I'm picking little pieces. Uh, the way it was done, I can't do it in Premiere. I can't do it in iMovie because it's it's jittery and jumpy. But the way it was the way it was downloaded, I I don't get it. But I can do it in um, QuickTime. But I can't edit it. It's, you can't. You don't have the editing power in QuickTime. But I can at least do. I can at least get what I want. And I want to put music on it, but I can't control the sound of the music for the background. So I'm trying to find. Cause music always makes a, makes a a video or whatever. You know, I just, I just like it, but uh, yeah. So I mean the Instagram, I mean, it's my name on Instagram too, but I'm just not a, you know, I'm not up on Instagram. I'm trying to do more, but it's so hard. Social media is a whole job in itself.
0: I don't spend hardly any time with any of that. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like getting out there and creating content how I choose to share that, that's exactly. you know, a work in progress.
1: You know, it would have been nice to have, uh, you know, pictures going around the back, but you can see the wall back here is loaded with pictures. And, you know, but you'll see a lot of the pictures that, you know, that we were talking about on my website. And, you know, maybe when this goes up, we'll throw some stills up with it would also. But no, I appreciate you coming by and, you know, hanging out.
0: For sure. I hope to do it again soon. Hi, buddy. Thank you listening to the creative loitering podcast. Don't forget to ring the bell and subscribe and like and comment below and enable notifications and click the button leave a review and swipe right at Patreon and only fans and make a donation and follow me on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and WhatsApp and we chat and TikTok and QQ and Qzone Zone and Reddit and Twitch and YouTube and Vimeo and Pinterest and Periscope and Valence and zell and Venmo and untapped and Alpha and Ubo and House Party and Peanut and Caffeine and 23 snaps and Likey and date tracks and academia and fuck and me we and tum and LinkedIn and Tagged and Nextdoor and Mixed and Deviantart and Quira and Flickr and Meetup and Reverb Nation and Goodreads and Flickster and Caring Bridge and Wattpad and Crunchyroll and eBay and Smugmug and Skyrock and MyHeritage and LiveJournal and VK and Classmates and SoundCloud. And-